Well, good morning. It's so good to be with you again and to sing together and to uh, walk through another service. Just know, I think, I, I, I say this every week, but um, just know I long to be together and uh, just know that um, you and your family, if you're a part of Summit, and even if you're not a part of Summit, because I've been praying just that, that God would use this however He would see fit, that you've been on my heart, that you've been on my mind, and that um, that you're prayed for, uh, because I've been praying for just all who would see these services and, um, and be touched by them, be reached by them, and so on and so forth. So uh, I'm excited to dive in this morning, so I want to pray for us, and then we will do just that. So let me pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the chance that we have to be together again this morning. And just pray your blessings over this message. God, we pray that you give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you have for us today through your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let's, uh, let's dive right in. We're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 7. Many of you know um, really the inspiration behind our sermon series here, Discerning Truth. And I asked the person that shared this topic if I could read a little bit of the email that they sent me when they asked for this, because I thought it just really gives the context of where we're going today. And it, and it goes a little bit like this. Um, they asked for a message really contrasting and comparing the words discernment and judgment. And so let me read what they said. I've discerned that so many followers of Christ believe these two things are one and the same. That's, where their fruit, that's what their fruit seems to say anyway. Discerning that there's the need for nourishment. I see so many trying to ram a steak down an infant's throat. Isn't that interesting? I see so many trying to ram a stake down an infant's throat instead of lifting some up in prayer and asking the Holy Spirit how to proceed. Our human fleshly judgment is passed down in the name of righteousness. I think that's so good. And the effects can be damaging. Contrarily, some discern that milk is needed and decide on their own that they're not equipped to feed. That may be true, but He's mighty to save, and aren't we to submit to His Spirit and expect He will use His church to do so? How should we respond? How should those who have respond in love? And I love that. They go on to say, I know that the good stuff is in the deep, and I want everyone I love to get out of the shallows because the deep is so, a lot of O's there, good. It's teeming with life. We literally know more about outer space than the depths of the ocean. That's not by accident. God loves using His creation to speak. To speak. And, um, and so I, I love that email so much. And I think it, I think it uh, really brought to life the heart behind the message today. Just a little bit of a reminder. Last week we, we uh, shared a verse, Proverbs 13.20, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And, and, I, and I just want to walk through that today, that we walk with Scripture here to get to, the, to get to the bottom of discernment versus judgment. Discernment versus judgment. I, I, I received a text message uh, earlier this week um, from someone that said this, don't let your hate for something or someone cloud your ability to discern truth. And, I, and that's where I really want to launch us from into Matthew chapter 7. Let me read that again. Don't let your hate for something or someone cloud your ability to discern truth. 
And so I've got a story for you. And in a shocking turn of events, it comes from a basketball story. Uh, many of you know I'm a North Carolina Tar Heel fan, and our arch rivals is the Duke Blue Devils. Now, last season, the Duke Blue Devils had a player for them. His name was Zion Williamson. And Zion Williamson, yes, you're going to hear me say it, last year was the best player in college basketball. It still hurts me a little bit to say that. Because last season, I, in, in, my, uh, in, in my basketball conversations, argued that a little bit. And part of it was, for those of you that knew basketball and that follow college basketball, part of it was the crush that ESPN had on this basketball player. Right? But my dislike for Duke, right, affected my respect for this basketball player. You see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going with this? Coach K, who coaches the Duke Blue Devils, is a phenomenal basketball coach. But I don't like to admit that all the time. Why? Because I'm a Tar Heel fan, and he's the arch rival. You see where I'm going with this? And so don't let our hate for something, and hate's a little bit of a strong word when it comes to college basketball. That's why I talked about dislike and so on and so forth. But don't let your hate for something or someone cloud your ability to discern truth. Sometimes we let our preconceived notions about something or category of people or stereotype of people or this or that cloud our ability to discern truth from that group of people or from that camp. And that can't be so. And that's what I want us to talk about this morning. Because we've got to be able to, to discern and judge in a godly biblical way. And so we're going to look at both of those words this morning. Judgment and discernment. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 1. I hope you get your Bible with you. It'll be on the screen if you don't, and, uh, and follow along with me. The Bible says, now, now Jesus is talking here in his Sermon on the Mount, and the Bible says, judge not that you be judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but you do not notice the log that is in your own eye. I don't know about you, but that is a convicting verse. When there's, when there's the log in your own eye, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs uh, what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Now, I want to dive into this scripture because one of the most misunderstood and misapplied of Jesus' teachings is what he had to say about judging others. One of the most misapplied of Jesus' teachings is what he had to say about judging others, right? Many people say we're not to judge. Other people say we've got to judge all the... So let's look at this. The misinterpretation has been used, right, by the morally agnostic crowd to smash the correction and restraint offered by Bible believers. They've used the, the mantra, judge not, right? Judge not as a great wedge to divide uh, American culture and Western culture from their historic foundations, foundations whose cornerstone is Jesus and His Word. And so what I want us to get to this morning is that proper understanding of biblical principles depends on gaining a comprehensive view of Scripture. Let me say that again. Proper understanding, 
right, of biblical principles depends on gaining a comprehensive view of Scripture. And so our proper understanding of judgment and discernment has to come from Scripture, a comprehensive view of Scripture. And so here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to look at both of these words, judgment, discernment, and we're going to look at a lot of places in Scripture where they're talked about. And so you may not write all of these references down uh, the first time through, but that's okay. That's okay. Watch it again or send me an email and I'll send you a list of these. Um, but, but the first thing, the first word is judgment. And, and, and if you're taking notes, the first point is this. Judgment is forbidden by Jesus. And that's important to note. Now we're going to talk about this, so before you tune me out, before you, <laughs> before you turn me off, alright, let's look at this from Scripture. Judgment is forbidden by Jesus. He says there, verse 1, judge not that you be judged. Definition of judgment, a harsh, rash sentencing of others that reveals a critical spirit in the one judging. Let me say it again, a harsh rash sentencing of others that reveals, get this, that reveals a critical spirit in the one judging. Now again, the context of Matthew chapter 7 is that Jesus is, he's preaching his sermon on the mount here, and the entire section spans from Matthew chapter 5 to through chapter 7, so he's starting to wind down this sermon on the mount. And so let's talk about this a little bit further. Judgment is forbidden by Jesus. The first point under this is that true Christianity is a matter of the heart. It's the matter of the heart. It's a matter of motivation. Earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, Jesus says, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. What a strong, powerful statement by Jesus at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. If your righteousness... Uh, for I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. It's a matter of the heart. Why is that important? The scribes and Pharisees, they would have memorized Scripture. They knew the Bible. They knew the Bible. They knew the information, but they had never experienced the heart transformation. And that's why it's so important for us to look at this, because true Christianity is a matter of the heart. It's a What's the motivation? It's their hypocrisy here that's condemned three times in Matthew chapter 6. And their hypocrisy is condemned in relation to giving, in relation to praying, in relation to fasting. And and here's the truth that we've got to get to with this. Jesus can't stand religious play actors. Jesus can't stand fakers. They can't, he can't stand it. And the truth is, neither can other people. Right? Neither can other people. I was, I was um, talking with somebody recently, I think I saw on a Zoom call, somebody had a, had a Seahawks sweatshirt on. They had a Seahawks sweatshirt on, Seattle Seahawks. Y'all have missed the, the sports talk, haven't you? Some of you are like, nope, not at all. That's okay, that's okay, I love you too. But they had a Seahawks sweatshirt on, and... Um, and I said, okay, wait a minute, you've got to explain that to me, because you live in Maine now, uh, you've got to explain the, the Seahawks 
sweatshirt to me, and they, they said, oh, well, you know, I, I, I fell in love with the Seahawks like way back in the 70s or 80s, and I'm like, okay, that's, that, you're, you're good then. You're good. I got to know, I got to know, I, I, you know, the bandwagon fan thing, right? Uh, you know, anyway, you get the picture, right? Jesus can't stand the religious player. He can't stand the fakers, and neither can other people. We've got to be authentic here, right? We've got to be authentic. And so what we're getting at is condemning others is the point of Jesus' instruction. This word here in Matthew chapter 7 for judge, right, if you break it down, the Greek word really means condemn, condemn. And so condemning others is the point here. Luke uh, chapter 6 verse 37, judge not and you will not be judged, condemn not and you will not be condemned, forgive and you will be forgiven. Thinking of someone as nothing or despising them, right? Thinking of someone as nothing or despising them is what Jesus is, 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 is talking about. It's what he's warning about. He's warning about devaluing people. In fact, Romans chapter 14 verses 10 through 12 says, Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Notice that. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God, so then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Go back to the text in Matthew chapter 7. Jesus is talking about how clearly we see the speck in someone else's eye, but we can't see the log that's coming out of ours. And Jesus says, you've got to deal with the log first, and then you'll be able to deal with the speck. And we're going to get to that more in just a minute. Reaching hasty conclusions, and here's where we've got to get to with judgment. Reaching hasty conclusions. Everybody say hasty, write down hasty. If you're watching this on Facebook Live, type in hasty real quick so that everybody can see that you're paying attention right with them up in church this morning, reaching hasty conclusions about others is sin, church. It's sin. When we reach hasty conclusions about others without even having a conversation with them, without even praying for them, without even praying about them, we reach hasty conclusions about other people and listen to me, church, it's sin. Look at what the book of James, chapter 1, we looked at it last week. Let's go a little bit further into chapter 1 this week. 19 and 20, he says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. We would do well. We would do well. I believe right now in this season to adopt that verse, that mindset, that way of life. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. See, our critical focus, listen to me church, when it comes to judgment, when it comes to judgment, con condemning, our critical focus, because we're critical people, about one thing or another. We are a critical culture. We don't give people a break more often than not. Our critical focus should not be centered on others. Now listen to me. 
our focus should be on ourself and on ourselves' attitudes and on our, and on our own motivations. Let me read it one more time before we go to our next word. Our critical focus should not be centered on others, but our focus should be on ourselves and on our attitudes and on our motivations. And what Jesus is getting at here with judgment and what we see all through the text in Matthew chapter uh, 5, Romans 14, James 1, Luke 6, all, in all of these texts, what he's getting at is you've got to deal with your own heart first. And again, we'll come back to that when we talk about application in just a few minutes. So, judgment, right? We talked about, number one, forbidden by Jesus. Number two, discernment is commanded by Jesus. So, if you look down Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to look at verses 15 through 20, where he says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. We talked about the fakers, right? And Jesus is now saying, beware of those folks. You, verse 16, will recognize them by their fruits. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased trees bears, excuse me, the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. This is what we talked about last week, right? Walk with the wise, right? And, and, and ask and decide, right? Those were the three things we talked about last week, right? And, uh, and, and, and how, do we, how do we see, right? If I want a healthy marriage, right, then, then I want to walk with somebody that the fruit of their life is a healthy marriage. If I want a, a great financial, uh, if I want great financial counsel, then I want to walk with somebody, right, that's doing, that's doing well financially, that's comfortable, Right? And, and, and you get that. And the way that we see that is fruit. And there's discernment that's here that's commanded by Jesus. The, the definition of discernment, a reasoned assessment of others based on their words and behavior after thorough examination. A reasoned assessment of others based on their words and behavior after thorough examination. Listen to me. We are commanded... We are commanded to put all things, teachings, persons to the test. Not in a judgmental, critical way, but in a discerning way. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21, Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica, and he says, prove all things, hold fast to what is good. Hold fast to what is good. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. We are to test these things. We're to put all these things, the teachings, persons, to the test. Listen to me. I believe we are in a critical time because so many people 
are, are looking to all of the different uh, messages and, 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 and things that are, that are put out all, all places. And if we're not careful, like, like listen, I'm, I'm not bad talking it because I think it can be a great resource and it's free, right? But, it, but YouTube, you can click and then they've got the recommended things and before you know it, you're on something that's leading you down a dangerous path if we're not careful. And we're to put all of these things, listen to me, we're to put all these things to the test. All of these things to the test. We're to compare all things to the written Word of God. That's why I think it's important. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, I've been so excited for this message today. I was excited for the message last week. I'm excited for the message next week because we're going to talk about the sovereignty of God and how we're all still in His hand. We may even sing that. He's got the whole world. In, I mean, I, the reason I've been so excited about these things is because we're going right to Scripture to deal with real-time things. And right now, there's a lot of news there's a lot of truth that we're having to judge that we're having to discern i'll be honest with you as i as i look at at different things um i I don't know that this time is getting the best of us in some ways with with social media and with with different things like that And, and 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 i think it's so important for us to come back to god's word and look at this Because we're commanded to put all these things, teachings, persons to the test, and compare these things to the written Word of God. Because here's the truth. Abandoning biblical discernment from Romans chapter 1, verses 22, makes us fools. Let's read it. Romans chapter 1, verse 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Right from Romans. Paul's letter to the church at Rome. Abandoning biblical discernment, abandoning the truth of God's Word makes us fools. And so when we hear something, when we hear something, we've got to go right to God's Word. Right? We've got to go right to God's Word. We've got to compare it. Right, We've got to walk with some folks and call them and say, ah, this, I've got to check in my spirit about this. I heard this. And, 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 and what do you think about that? What do you think about that? God, that's, that's the importance of walking with folks. Asking God to give us wisdom around those things like we talked about last week. We are to make discernments. Now listen to me. We're to make discernments about our behavior. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 11 through 13. Get this, get this, get this, get this, get this. But now, because many of you heard what I, what I said in the first point, right? Judgment forbidden by Jesus. Wait a minute, pastor. We've got to look at the fruit, right? I'm confused by this. Here's where it's all going to become clear. You ready? 1 Corinthians 5, 11 through 13. But now I'm writing to you. He's writing to the church at Corinth. So he's writing to the body of Christ. He's writing to believers. And he's saying, I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name brother huge right there underline that star that if he's guilty of sexual immorality or greed or an idolater or reviler or drunkard or swindler not even to eat with such a one for what have i to do with judging outsiders is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge god judges those outside purge the evil person 
from among you. Now, here's where we got to do some work with this text, because that's huge, right? That's huge, because that list, right, is, is an intimidating list. Wait a minute now. I can't go to somebody's house. I can't go to dinner at somebody's house that's dealing with, with any of these things. Greed, idolater, right? How, how many of us would fall into that camp? Right? With, 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 with things. Or drunkard. Or, 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 you, you see the list there. Right? And he's saying, I'm, I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother. Now, that's important and that's key. Why? Because he's talking about the family of God. Okay? He's talking about the family of God in that. Right? That we have a responsibility to discern, right? To discern based on fruit Right? And that's the word used here. The, 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 the word judge here in 1 Corinthians is different than the one from Matthew chapter 7. And I know that's confusing. I know that's confusing. But, 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 but we got to look at it here because the, the word judge here in verse 12, right, has more of a discerned definition, right, than the word judge in, in the critical spirit in verses in Matthew chapter 7. Okay? The definitions are, are different, and from the Greek and from the translation, that's where we get that, right? That's where we see that, okay? But what he's saying here is that we have a responsibility within the church to discern the fruit of one another. But what's interesting is Paul goes on to say in verse 12, For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judge, judges those outside. God judges those outside. And we read earlier, after thorough, after thorough examination, right? After thorough um, walking with someone. So, so here's where this comes from, right? It's unfair for us to make judgments based on critical meetings within five minutes. This is where walking with people comes in. And can, can, I just, can I just be that guy for a minute? This doesn't happen. The fruit doesn't happen on social media. It just doesn't. It doesn't. We've got to get back to having real-time, heart-to-heart discussions on the truth of God's Word face-to-face or Zoom or different things to throw these blanket statements out there, right? Because, Because all that does in so many ways is cause dissension and that's not discerning good truth because it's making others stumble. So we have a responsibility to make discernments about our behavior. But before we get to application, I just want to jump right here. The example of Jesus. Jesus never condemned anybody. He discerned their behavior, but He didn't condemn them. That's the difference. He discerned their behavior, but He didn't condemn them. So which of these judgments are we to make and not to make? See, we're not, ju- we're not wrong to judge in the sense of making a decision. Right? We're not wrong to judge in the sense of making a decision. But it's always wrong to judge in the sense of condemning. And that's where the rub is. That it's wrong to judge in the sense of condemning. If that's coming from a critical spirit, cut it off. 
cut it off. And how do we do this? How do we do this? Four things. Four things. Number one, it starts with worship. It starts with our worship. It starts with our worship. So, so here's the thing. I, and this is, this is good, but I want to get this because how do we do this, right? How do we live in such a way where judgment and that critical spirit doesn't rule us, but yet we allow the discernment of fruit, right, to take rule over our interaction with each other, right, and loving people the way that God's called us to love each other. And the first way is this, right, that we've got to start with our worship. It's the heart. It's the heart that we talked about earlier. It's the heart. It's not the fake stuff. It's the heart. Start with worship. Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 32. I'm not going to read it all. I'm not going to read it all, but uh, I'm going I'm to bounce around. Paul tells the church at Ephesus, Now this I say to testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They're darkened, right? But he says to put on the new self, verse 24, put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness, right? So he's talking about putting away the old self, Put on the new self, right? Take the log out of your own eye before you try to deal with the speck in the other person's eye. That's discernment, right? It's discernment. And so what he says here, and then he makes a shift in verse 25, therefore, having put away that falsehood, right, of the old self and the new self, putting away the old self and, 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 and bringing in the new self, worship, right, full of worship, right, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Now I want you to see something huge here that I saw for the first time this week as I read this. Paul is talking about loving one another. He's talking about uh, 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 speaking the truth with one another. But I want you to see that in verses 17 through 24, he's talking about our personal worship of dealing with our old self. And so I ask myself all the time, whenever I see therefore in Scripture, I was talking about this in base camp last Sunday night, whenever I see the therefore in Scripture, we've got to ask what the therefore is there for. And we see the therefore here in verse 25, Paul is saying, put away falsehood, speak the truth to one of his neighbor. Therefore is, is there because he's talking about dealing with your personal worship before you go and speak truth to your neighbor. Make sure that this isn't coming out of a critical spirit. Make sure that you've dealt with the log in your own eye. Make sure that you are right with God before you go try to deal with someone else. It starts with worship. If we want a life of, of discernment and not judgment, it's got to start with our inner worship. It's got to start with our inner worship. And can I tell you something? The reason I think we buck up against this so much is because we don't like to wait. We want instant gratification and we want to make people feel a way because we want to feel better about ourselves and we want to feel that way now and that is wrong and we've seen this morning that it's sin. So when we see something, you know what the response is? Pray. Stop. Deal with your own heart. Make sure that that old self is gone. And that you're in a heart of worship. Putting away falsehood. Speak the truth with his neighbor. 
for we're members of one another. And he goes on to talk about all this. He goes on to talk about the importance of it, right? Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, only such as good as for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. In the moment, it may not be very graceful, right? Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. It starts with worship. Number two, obey the golden rule. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Treat others the way you would like to be treated. Love your neighbor as yourself. Starts with worship, and then place yourself in their shoes. How would you want them to come to you? How would you want them to come to you? Number three, be more aware of our own weaknesses. Another way to put this, another way to put this, and I battle back and forth on which one to use for the point, but the, but the other way to put this is lead with vulnerability. Lead with vulnerability. Whenever I have to have a hard conversation or a heart conversation with somebody, I, I like to start with the fact that, hey, I'm just like you. I struggle, and, and here's where I struggle, and here's where I've even struggled with this in the past. Galatians 6.1, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself too, lest you be tempted. Be more aware of your own weaknesses. Lead with vulnerability. Lead with vulnerability. There's a lot more I could say about that, but let me keep going. Start with worship. Treat others the way you want to be treated, right? Love your neighbors yourself. Be more aware of your own weaknesses. Lead with vulnerability. And number four, last one, know God better. Know God better. And this really, this really sets the stage for next Sunday where we're going to talk about the sovereignty of God, right? I love how all of these are kind of weaving together with what we're walking through, what we're dealing with right now. Um, but, but, but know God better. Because, because here's the truth. So many times I've had conversations with people that want to walk and have a conversation with somebody else, want to call something out, want to hold accountable, you know, and, 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 and there are times for that, and there are times for that. But many times the motivation is that that person is trying to change that other person. And here's the truth that you've got to come to grips with. You can't change them. And so maybe part of that heart work for you is to make sure that is in having that conversation that you're not trying to change them. That all you're doing is trying to be faithful and obedient to Scripture. Because the changing, that's God. That's up to Him. That's up to Him. And so here's where I want to close tonight. Start with worship. Excuse me, this morning. Start with worship. Love your neighbors yourself. Be more aware of your own weaknesses. Know him better. And can I ask you, what one do you need to work on? I know the one I need to work on. What's the one that you need to work on? And would you walk in that? Would you walk with someone this week in that and say, hey, listen, I was challenged by this message this past week. I was challenged by Ephesians chapter 4 in, in my own worship this week that, that, that before, right, I go and speak truth in love with somebody, there's some worship that's got to happen. There's some, there's some heart work that's got to happen. And I love the way that Paul set that up. Therefore, right, having put away the falsehood, go and speak truth to your neighbor.
But what's the one that you need to ask God for the strength to do? Are you willing to ask God to make the heart change in your life today? Today. And let's stop judging. Let's stop. Let's stop being so critical and beating each other up. Rather discerning. Discerning and in worship. Loving one another enough to tell them the truth. In love. That's my prayer for us. That's my prayer for us. I hope this has shined a little bit of light. I feel like I could talk for hours on this subject. I don't even know how long I've talked now, but uh, I know it's longer than I wanted to. So let me pray and we'll, uh, we'll sing again. Father, I pray that you would show us the ways in this where we need to check our hearts. God, I pray that for any of us that have taken these things too far or God, whatever that looks like, God, I pray for repentance to happen. God, I pray that we would follow the truths of Your Word spoken this morning, that we would more thoroughly examine these things as opposed to jumping to conclusions about people and God, sports teams and different things like that. God, I just, I just pray that we'd follow the truth of Your Word in that. And God, there are some of us, God, there are some of us that need to deal with some logs. And I pray for the strength to do so. I pray that You'd show us. I pray that You'd show us. And I pray that we'd be faithful in our own worship to walk in that. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.